This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, what are you reporting? Uh, I got a strange going on out here. Something just killed my dog. Something killed your dog? My dog went flying through the air over the tree. I don't know how it did it. Okay. Damn it, I'm really confused. All I saw was my dog coming over the fence, and he was dead when she hit the ground. I didn't see any cars. All I saw was my dog coming over the fence. This is Les Stroud. Yes, yes, I know. AKA Survivor Man. And you're listening to Brian on Sasquatch Odyssey. guys and welcome back to sasquatch odyssey thank you guys so much for clicking play it is sunday this is your bonus show we've got an amazing guest lined up for you but as always i want to start off by inviting you if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show shoot me an email you can get me at brian at sasquatchodyssey.net you can head over to the website check it out become a member there and help support the show Our guest tonight has been on the show before, and she's got a lot of paranormal stories to share with you guys, but we start this episode off with Bigfoot. She actually had a Bigfoot story that we started off with, so I was very happy to hear that. 
It's always good to get Bigfoot stories from anywhere we can get them, right? So Anna starts off with a good Bigfoot story, and then we move into some aliens and lost time, and we even talk about haunted heirlooms. So it's a really good show. I think you guys will really enjoy it. She's an author, and she's got several books out, and she's got a new book coming out later this year, and we'll probably have her back to talk about that. So I'll link to her books in the show notes on Amazon so you can go over and check out Anna Manalo's books. But before we get there, if you haven't already done so, please take a few seconds to rate and review the show. I would appreciate it greatly. And if you're so inclined, check out our Patreon page. Consider becoming a member and help support the show. I know you guys are ready to get into it, so I'm going to stop talking. You guys sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. to the show. It's Anna Manalo. Welcome back to the show, Anna. Hi, how are you? I am fantastic. I've been super excited to talk to you again. I'm glad we got to reschedule this. So let's get right into it. We've had some conversations in the past about some ghosts and other paranormal activity. I know we're going to talk some about UFOs and possibly even Bigfoot today. So why don't we just get right into it? Let's, let's talk about the Bigfoot stuff and let's talk about the UFO stuff and how you got into that. Oh, okay. Well, since we did talk about Bigfoot a little bit here concerning your dogs, I'll start with that one, Brian, and then I'll build into the UFO stories. I have quite a few from the past, from my brief stint as a MUFON field investigator, and then I'll progress to something that's um, relatively recent, I would say, and then something that happened just a couple of months ago. The Bigfoot story I have is the only story that I got from a person. It's the first person account of a woman that lives out in a, I'm trying to think of what the name of the county is, but it's out in the central Pennsylvania area near State College. This is a woman who is used to having a lot of people in the house. Both her kids were grown and gone. She had two sons. Uh, Unfortunately, she got divorced and found herself kind of like going back to where she was originally from, which was in central PA. So as the story goes, my college roommate, actually it was the one that hooked up with her because she was working out there. Back in the day, she's moved back to New Jersey since then, but I, I I won't get tangential here. This will never end if I do. But anyway, my college roommate hooked up with her. You know, they were going out for drinks and everything. And she got to talking about, my roommate about me and all the bizarre stuff I was getting into. So you know how people are, Brian, they're like, Oh, really? What kind of bizarre stuff? And the next thing you know, the woman said to her, well, you know, there's a reason why I moved into town. And she said, really? Why did you move into town? And apparently she had bought a rancher that was in the middle of a field. And, you know, there's a lot of land out there in central Pennsylvania. I don't know if you've been, but it's really, you know, just a lot of land, a lot of open space, a lot of farms, a lot of woods as well. I think probably 80 percent of Pennsylvania, when you look on the map, is basically wooded. It's all kind of like wild and, you know, uncultivated and some are, are farmland. But anyway, she found herself in this little rancher. She was pretty happy about the rancher. 
And then there's like a road right in front of her. And across the road is a farm. On the farm, there's an elderly gentleman, an elderly in the sense that he was probably like in his early 70s, I would say, at the time, and his wife. And they had a pretty big spread, open space. They had barns, you know it, all that kind of stuff. So the story goes is that she, this woman never encountered anything bizarre in her life. But she's finding herself that she's, you know, kind of like alone, especially since there's just nothing but fields all around her. She kept lights on and things of that nature. But one of the things she liked to do after she came back from work, she worked at a grocery store, is she would pop popcorn and just kind of sit back, relax, watch TV, you know, maybe talk, you know, on the phone with friends and her son and things like that. So one particular night, she decided she was going to you know, sit back. And she had just come back from the grocery and she had uh, some type of a coconut husk with her. It was like she she wanted to do some tropical stuff and, and make some kind of like a, I think it was like a salad, like a fruit salad. So here she is trying to open up this coconut thing, you know, kind of like the, the things you see in the resort where they poke a hole and then they put a straw right through it. Well, this one had no holes. So after she's banging away, she can't get the darn thing open. She goes out to the back door. And picture this. There's like woods all the way behind her. Okay. There's the farm across the street. Other than that, it's just basically her house and the farmer across the street. So she goes out there and there's like this log. It's kind of like for wood splitting. So she takes it and she's banging away with an axe. And she finally succeeds in opening it up. You know, she takes it inside. She's in there for a while trying to cake the, you know, get the, uh, what is it called? The meat out of the coconut. She puts it down and she hears something scratching on the door that she just came from, the back door. So she's looking out there. And at this point, it's the lights kind of starting to fade, right? Because this is already late afternoon. She came back from work and she opens the door to see what it is. And the other half of the coconut is gone. Now, the, the stump that she had put the coconut on where she was using the act, break it in half. It was only a few yards away from the back door. So it's pretty close to where she's at. So, you know, it's kind of like a bad movie. She's standing there trying to figure out what happened. She's looking around. And it's almost like, you know, my my roommate said to her, why didn't you just go inside? You never know what's out there. You're by yourself. And she's like, I didn't even think of it. I thought maybe it just rolled away or something or some squirrel took it. Then she went back inside. Okay. And another day, she's popping popcorn. So... She's popping popcorn, pop, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Next thing you know, something is really furiously scratching the back door. And then she hears this kind of like banging on on the, uh, you know, it it had like some kind of aluminum siding, I guess. It was banging on the wall in the kitchen. So at this point, she's looking, she's looking, she sees hair. At the side of, she doesn't dare open the door this time. She had the presence of mind not to open the door. She sees hair or something. 
And she turns the light on and, and there's nothing that she could see. So she locks the door. You know, she draws the curtains because the, the door is kind of like one of those things that had a little window. She draws the curtains. She goes back towards the living room and she's just sitting there eating the popcorn. And she figures she'll ask the farmer tomorrow if he was trying to visit because, I mean, there's nobody else. She crosses over to the farm the next morning introduces herself she'd never met the people before and they said oh yeah you bought that house across the street we've seen you yada 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 and she said well uh, i'm just curious because uh, i'm new here i've never lived this far out of town you know do you get a lot of burglars or people trying to break in because someone was banging on my you know the side of and the guy says i'll come with you show me where you heard it and and let's see what you have. So then he leaves his wife, crosses the street, they walk over and there's the massive scratches on the side of the house, on the aluminum siding. It's like, it's like these huge claw marks almost. And it, it was like, if you think about a can opener, it looked like a can opener had been used to try and claw right through the siding. So it goes on. This is going on now for like a period of a week. And one one particular afternoon, it, the dusk had just settled. And she sees something running across the street from the barn of the farmer. The, there's the farmer's house. And then there's a barn off in the distance running from the barn all the way into the woods. And I think the guy had like some kind of livestock. She doesn't remember what it was, but she she said she thought she heard animals, you know, making noises and stuff like that. So she wanted to let the farmer know. So once again, she locks her door this time, crosses the street and says, someone just was in your barn. I saw it from across the street. And the farmer comes out from the side of the house and he said, how, how was it running? Was it a man? What did it? Was it carrying a gun? And, and she said, it, it was like a bear. She said it was a huge bear just dashing, dashing away from the barn. And the guy says to her, honey, bears don't run on two feet dashing out of the barn. She said, this was a really huge bear. He says, that's no bear. So many people have had those similar experiences where they see something and they automatically, the only thing their brain can process is that the only thing that big could be a bear. But like you said, right. bear do not run on two legs. They can stand on and walk on two legs for short mm -hmm. distances, but running, it doesn't happen. No. So I think she got creeped out. And shortly after that, she, she had called her sons and said she was renting the house. She had to break the lease. So she moved into town instead, and she said, I'll never be that isolated again. I'm not going to be out there by myself in the dead of night. And, and the, the darn thing, I mean, broke through. It, it would have been the siding, and then I guess the drywall would have been next. Whatever it was, it was, it was trying to claw its way in to get the popcorn. My Bigfoot story. It's always good to start a show with a Bigfoot story, but let's get into the UFO stuff. How did you come to be a field investigator for MUFON and certainly take us into some of the more interesting things that you discovered as you were doing your investigations. 
Well, Brian, I got to tell you, it was, from what I recall, it was 2007. It was late 2007. My husband and I had gone to dinner at one of his friend's house. And the gentleman, who was a very interesting person, in the course of the evening, we had a lot of laughs and everything. And finally, we gravitated to the living room. And we were having a couple of drinks there after dinner. And I saw this huge black binder sitting on the coffee table. I was just wondering what it was. I knew his wife was an English teacher. And I said, oh, you brought some work home from the school. Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and she says oh no she said that's a manual that Jim is learning. He's re- getting ready to take the test. And I said, oh, really? So to make a long story short, I opened the binder and there it was. It was a MUFON manual, Mutual UFO Network Manual. It had pictures of all kinds of aliens. It told you how to secure, you know, some kind of, you know, you cordon it off and you try and measure for electromagnetic, the whole thing from soup to nuts. So, uh, I mean, I've never done anything like that before, but I thought it was very, very interesting because in the past, you know, I've, I've seen some interesting things in the sky and I always wondered about it. And I thought, why not get involved? So I studied it. I got home, I ordered my own manual, uh, Jim had taken his test, and he was in the process of kind of like, you know, staking out, I think they were in a, a different county from where we live, but uh, to make a long story short, 
By the time I took the test and passed the test, we were in the middle of a UFO flap. So that was in April of 2008, and the flap just began. Now, for those people who might not be familiar with what a flap is, basically a UFO flap is like you've got like 800% more sightings than normal. And it just so happened there weren't many investigators. They needed more. So here I am. So that's how I got started with, with the whole UFO thing. I have to tell you, though, Brian, it, it was it was one of those things where you had to be in so many places that a lot of time what I had to do was just pick the ones that were close to me to actually go there and investigate. And then the ones that were further afield, I just had to call them and get the facts from them. There was one particular case that was very intriguing. The woman met me at a diner and she said she had extensive footage of this group, not one, but a whole group of UFOs. She was at a choir rehearsal, which she went to every Wednesday night. And on her way home on the highway, and this is in Pennsylvania, coming out of Philly, she looked up and to her, I guess you would say it's her left because it's her driver's side window. There was a whole slew of round objects trailing the car. And she thought, no, that's just my imagination. It's not following the car. It's probably just there. Until she exited. She exited down the lane. And now you picture this. There's no more cars around her. It's just basically her and a two-lane blacktop. She's easing her way onto the road that has her house, and she looks up, and they, they are. They are following her. So she went into the house. She didn't even bother to park the car in the garage. Go figure, right? I mean, wouldn't it be faster if you opened the garage door, got the car in, shut the garage door? She just parked the car in the drive, driveway and dashed on foot to the front of the house, unlocking the door, and then she was looking out the window and they were hovering by the house. She said there was about maybe six or seven of them. And at some point they were blinking in and out. There were all these huge white colored lights. So she's standing by the kitchen window and they're winking in and out, about seven of them. And she contacts her mother. Her husband comes home. And he says, you look like you've gone through something here. What happened? And she told him. So he said, well, whatever it is, I don't see anything. Because he looked out the window and there was nothing there. So she's kind of like, okay, well, maybe I'm just tired. Following Wednesday, she goes again to choir practice. And she drives along the same route, gets out onto the highway. And she sees it again. So now for two consecutive Wednesday evenings, she's had this. She's getting really unnerved by it. She's very concerned when she exits that she's alone. And her husband offers to film it. He said, why don't I come along to your practice? And then when you're done, I'll ride along and bring the camcorder. So he did exactly that. 
So he went along and he filmed it. So when I met with her at the diner, she showed me the footage. And that's where I saw for myself these lights. And, and they're not planes, okay? Because the, the formation of the lights, it's not like fixed. I think when, when you're looking at lights from a plane, you're looking at two wings. And I believe one is red, one is green. And then there's like a white light at the tail. It was nothing like that. They were huge white lights. And it was almost like they were bees, I guess, is the way they were flying. So I asked her to upload that onto the MUFON website. I, I never did see the footage. I saw the report, but I don't think they uploaded the footage. It would have been fascinating to see, to figure out what those things were. But I got a better story for you because that's like way up in the air. I have some that are like on the ground. Please tell us. Okay. So shortly after I had passed the test and I was doing all these different investigations, yada, yada, yada. By end of October, which is Halloween, we had amassed so much information. We were actually approached by the Discovery Channel and I can't remember for the life of me the production company anymore. We ended up doing some kind of an episode. And it's still, I think, on YouTube. They ran it on Discovery. They ran it on History. They ran it on you know, all these different places. But one of the things that I got from it is people approaching me in real time to tell me some really bizarre happenings that are right at my back door. One of the ones that I recall very well, and, and stop me if I've told you this in a previous show. There was a gentleman who approached me outside a wine store. Here I am carrying two bottles of wine on the way home. And this guy says to me, you look really familiar. I said, I'm sorry. He's like, you were on a show. And, and this was Thanksgiving when the show finally aired. We filmed. I forget it. I think it was September when we filmed and then it aired, of course, at Thanksgiving. So even my job saw it. Oh, OK. Yeah, I have something I have to tell you. Do you have a minute? So right in the middle of the wine store, right outside, we sit at this bench and he recounts to me this tale. And it, it was something that had happened to apparently his girlfriend. I'll tell you, you have to sit down for this one. So at this point, I'm holding two bottles of wine, and the gentleman was very eager to tell me what happened. And I said, okay, uh, I don't have my notebook with me, but uh, I will do my best to remember the relevant parts of your story. Have you reported this to MUFON, yada, yada, yada? No, I haven't, and I actually don't want to go on the record. I just thought that, you know, you, you seem like a nice person. I need to tell you what happened to her. And maybe you can explain to me what it could possibly be about. Well, I'm, you know, Brian, I really don't have an explanation. I'm, I'm basically compiling information. But I sat there and uh, he, he told me that his girlfriend was jogging at a park. And the park is probably, I would say, maybe 10 to 12 miles away from my home. It is along a river, which also has a canal. And for people who are probably familiar with Pennsylvania, there's only so many rivers near Philadelphia. 
This is a well-known river. It does have parks on either side of it, the New Jersey side as well as the Pennsylvania side. So she jogs after work, and it was the fall. So the sun was starting to go down a little bit sooner than normal, and she parks her car along the canal. Parks in Pennsylvania usually close at dusk for good reason. There's no lighting. It's pitch dark out there. Even the park across the street is pitch dark. So for safety reasons, they don't want people coming in. Well, she came in. She was a little late because she had some stuff she had to do at work. She figures she's determined she's going to do her three miles. So then she leaves the car and she starts jogging away from the car. She makes her circuit. And by the time she was jogging back to the car, just uh, probably 500 yards ahead of her, it was already dark. But then in the distance, right in front of her car, there seemed to be another vehicle. And she realized, oh, my gosh, maybe the police is here and they're going to ticket me because here I am. I'm not supposed to be in the park after dark. So she's running at this point. She's not even jogging. She's running. She's running. As she gets closer, she realizes that this vehicle with the two lights is actually not in front of her car, Brian. It is hovering above her car. So she is perplexed. She starts to falter. She starts to get kind of like that, yeah, what's going on here? Getting creeped out, you know, she's getting the heebie-jeebies. She slows down from her run and she sees this object with its lights, two lights just like a regular car, shining at her, and it's hovering a few feet above her vehicle. Now she has to try and get into her car. So she sprints for the driver's door. I, I would not have done that. But she sprints for the driver's door. She gets to the driver's door. She opens it. Something is stopping her from getting inside the car. She's now standing on this open door. She wants to get in and she can't. It was, it was like a nightmare, like sleep paralysis almost is what I thought of when he was telling me this. And then something is approaching coming towards her. And as it gets closer, she realizes it's at least seven feet tall. At least seven feet tall. She's trying to back away. Now she's trying to turn around and run, and she can't. And then finally, it gets to her. And you want to sit down for this one. And this is when I thought this guy must have been drinking. It was a full-size praying mantis. He said it looked just like a praying mantis, according to her. It had the huge compound eyes. It had no hair. And it had like the spindly arms of an insect. It was an insectoid. And then the next thing she knew, she was inside the car. The door was closed. And it was around 6 a.m. The sun was out. She comes to, her head had been leaning against the driver's wheel. She looks up. There's nobody there. She's totally disoriented. She gets out of the car and she finds these scoop marks going down, starting at her knees 
and all the way to the top of her ankle. And, and they were equidistant from each other, totally bloodless, like someone had just pressed an indentation on both her legs. So she was terrified. She manages to drive home, calls her mother, calls her boyfriend, calls everybody. He comes over to check out what she's talking about because she was babbling. They end up at the doctor. The doctor can't explain what the heck had happened to her. He said, does it hurt? Does it? No, it's just there. And then two weeks later, it just simply disappeared. That is so crazy. I've heard so many stories about these like praying mantis type of creatures. And I don't know what it is about that description that makes it, I mean, in and of itself, having contact with an alien entity should be pretty far out there. But when you start talking about insectoids and praying mantis type creatures, it just makes it that much more fantastical and so difficult to wrap your brain around. Did he go on with the story? Was that the end of it? or? Well, I mean, he said that uh, she couldn't tell the doctor what she had seen. He wanted to know, how did you, you know, get this? Did you fall somewhere? Or, And she's like, no. Well, he had no explanation for her. He was perplexed. Apparently, he took pictures. And then he wanted to follow up with her, you know, see me again, call me and update me and so on and so forth. And then she updated him two weeks later and told him they're all gone. Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So he thought maybe it was just an infection, something local. Something bit her, but it didn't make a bump. Now, 
it gets better. Just about, I'm trying to think how far it would be, probably about a couple of miles, give or take. There is a bridge that connects, well, there are several bridges, but this one is a small bridge that connects Pennsylvania to New Jersey. So two gentlemen were going home from work and they were coming from the Jersey side, crossing over to Pennsylvania. They arrive at this bridge and at this bridge, they had to stop because there was a van blocking the way. What's odd about this one is that the van was kind of like just moving very slowly on its own and the two front doors were open. So this guy who's driving says, they're blocking the way. Can you see what's going on? Maybe they're looking down the river to see what's in there. So the passenger side door opens, the guy comes out. He looks in the driver's side door. There's nobody. There's nobody driving the van. He looks behind the van. The sliding glass door is open. There's no passengers in the back. The van is totally empty. So now the guy comes back. He says, there's nobody here. Driver parks the car. They're looking over the bridge. They thought maybe somebody jumped over the bridge. They're looking. Hello. No one. There was no one in the vicinity. So they get creeped out. They jump back in the car. They make a U-turn and they go to a watering hole. So they get to, I forget the name of the, it's like an inn, okay? But it also faces the river. So they get there and they park and there's all kinds of cars because it's now probably like 6, 6.30 in the evening. The sun was starting to go down. So the guy says, go ahead because I think I have these pictures of my baby daughter that I want to show you. I forgot to show you. I left them in the car, okay? So there's all these cars. There's a crowd, a line at the restaurant where they were going. The guy walks back to the car, which is in the middle of the parking lot. Ray opens the door, dives in to look for the pictures, and then he comes out to shut the door, and he discovers there's no other vehicles parked in the parking lot. They're all gone. Meanwhile, the guy, his friend who was waiting for him, walks over. He said, what is taking so long? He says, what do you mean? I just got here. I just went and got the pictures. And he says, well, he said, I don't know what happened. He says, what happened to all the cars? He said, I was waiting for you, but I gave up. I went in. He said, what do you mean? I went in and ate. You never followed me. All the cars were gone. So this gentleman does not know where he was. I don't even know what to say about experiences like that because people have talked to me about having lost time and it, you know, a couple of minutes here and there, even a couple of hours. And I just don't know what to make of it. I've even talked to people who that have been out doing Bigfoot research who have gotten disoriented and they could see where their car was parked, but they couldn't make it back to it. I mean, do you have any explanation for that other than just it being some sort of possible contact with aliens? I mean, wh- where do you come down on that, that kind of phenomenon? Well, I mean, in, in this particular case, the gentleman wanted an answer. And he said, I, I don't understand how my perception of time 
got so screwed up that I go in the car just to grab some pictures. And I hadn't been there, he said. He knew he hadn't even been in the car for more than a minute or two. He said, and suddenly the whole parking lot, and he said the strangest thing of all, he said he didn't even hear any of the cars around him leave. And all I could tell him was there have been reports, an extensive number of reports about people suddenly just being picked out of the sky suddenly just disappearing from where they're standing and they have no idea how they end up in a different place in your in your case you end up in the same spot so he says what you're telling me is someone just picked me off took me up somewhere and then dropped me back down i said yeah do do you feel any different were your clothes on backwards and, you know, he, he does not recall. And the bad part about this that I've noticed from witnesses is that they are so afraid. They don't want to be scrutinized because I said to him, one of the things that could help is if you got hypnotized to see if you could recall where or what happened to you in that one or two minutes that you claim you were out in the parking lot. And he was afraid he would lose his job. Somehow his boss would find that, which is really understandable, Brian. I mean, I I could really, I mean, the whole time I was involved with MUFON, I got called into HR because there was, you know, people watching that episode, you know, and, and there I am on TV. And, you know, when you work for a school district, they don't want to see that. So these other people have the same kind of concern. They just don't want any publicity or any kind of unwanted attention. And this guy said, you know what? Nothing happened to me. I'm fine. I, you know, cause I was also wondering whether he had any kind of, you know, sometimes there's radiation or any first degree burns and stuff. I mean, there's a case where there was first degree burns on the person in this one, there was none. A third story that happened around the same time, too, is a bunch of uh, college students. And this one, you know, you remember the orbs I was talking about in the sky. There were the white UFO orbs that were chasing this girl who was coming back from choir practice. This one, they're closer to the ground. They were actually following a car and they were huge red lights. And these kids were, you know, having a good time on a Friday night. They were coming back from somewhere and it was, and it tends to happen really late. And it seems like there's three factors involved. I don't know what you think about this, Brian. There seems to be the presence of water. Like with the woman who was jogging, there was the river. The two gentlemen with the the van, whatever was happening to the van, it was over a bridge. There's water. And then again, you know, with this third one, they were approaching a pond. So again, there's water. Two, they are all in a remote area where there's no, there wouldn't be any witnesses. Even with the restaurant, they were out in the parking lot by themselves. Everybody else was inside. There wouldn't have been anybody seeing this guy instantaneously disappear when he goes out into this parking lot. But what makes them so special that they get picked out 
or is it just that they happen to be in the wrong place during that time of night? It tends to happen at night. Yeah, that's one of the questions I've had to people that have had abduction scenarios that have been on the show is I always ask the question, particularly if they've had more than one, which is kind of rare, but some people have had multiple encounters where they believe that they were taken. And that's my question for them always is, why you? Why have you been chosen for this? And a lot of people don't know. Of course, it's, it's speculation for most people. Some have done some research and found out that they've had people in the past in their families. It's sort of a, a genetic thing that people have had these experiences over the course of many, many, many generations in some cases. But I, I don't know. I mean, did you ever come to any answers for yourself while you were doing these investigations as to why these people were singled out and, and others weren't? Well, you mentioned uh, something about genetics. There is one case that comes to mind when I was on the star team of New MUFON. And the star team was a special team who would monitor what came across the MUFON reporting board. And if you saw that this was something you thought the team should investigate immediately, within 24 hours, you should contact them. But I also saw on that board some people who were frantic, totally terrified, and needed to talk. And one of them that stood out was a case that was somewhere in the Midwest. You know, the report will tell you where it is. I just don't know. You know, I don't have permission to actually mention the name of the town. The woman reported this on the board, gave her phone number, and I thought it was worthy to call. As most of them, we have an obligation to call. I called her up immediately. She was alone in this huge house. Her grown children were all gone. She was retiring to bed. You know, she's an older woman. Not older as in elderly, but I would say in her late 50s. She had a room, her bedroom, that was facing a field. And this is where it gets creepy. Something tells me that beyond that field was Lake Superior, which gives you an idea how high up it was. So past this field, there was a copse of trees, and then past that, there was a lake. And that night, she had decided she would go to bed and read a book. It was summertime, and she had opened the window to the breeze. She had pulled the curtains apart. So now she had this commanding view of this field beyond with the trees past that. And then you could see like a line where the, the lake started. So it was beautiful, really picturesque. She's changing for the evening, getting ready for bed when she turns around and she sees a light in the distance. And most people would say oh, it was probably the setting sun, except, you know, the sun sets in the west. She wasn't oriented that way. So she sees this round red light, didn't really give it much attention until when she came out of the bathroom and discovered it was much bigger right outside the window. It started approaching and she could see that it was kind of like a coming and passing the woods. And now it is across and hovering at the field, which is just across the road from her house. Now she's on the second floor. She gets creeped out. 
She walks over to the window. She's looking at it. She's getting a very strange feeling that whatever it is she's looking at was not normal. And bear in mind, she's alone. Okay. Everybody seems to be at some point either out of state or at least 20 minutes away. I think she told me her one son was 20 minutes away. She shuts the window, pulls the window down, latches it, draws the curtains, goes to the phone to call him. So she hangs up. She turns the lights off. She's going to try and sleep. What happens next is that she wakes up and feels that there's something in the room with her. She opens her eyes and there is something looking down at her. And if if you recall the jogger, there is a very, very strong resemblance the way she described to me this creature that was looking down at her. The same kind of height, seven to six feet tall at least. It was spindly. It looked like some kind of an insect. She was terrified. She was paralyzed. She found she couldn't scream. She couldn't speak. She couldn't move. And then it extended some kind of a wand. She had no idea what it was, but it went into her navel. And at that point, she was totally paralyzed, had no understanding of what was going on. And then it receded as if it went into the wall. And then she fainted. So now she wakes up and it's morning. So once again, we've got that same scenario again. She calls her kids, tells her son who's 20 minutes away, you got to get over here. Something happened to me and I'm not crazy and yada, yada. He takes her to the doctor. Okay. And this is now the second phone call. A week later, I'm on shift again. And I'm manning the website. I recognize the name. I recognize the area. And now she wants to have a follow-up phone call. I call her up again, you know, ask her how things have been going since what happened to her. Did you indeed go to the doctor? Yes, I did, she said. And I am really now terrified. I said, tell me what happened. Went to the doctor, had to get some tests done. They had to do a CAT scan of my abdomen where that creature had put some wand in my navel. So the doctor runs tests and did a CAT scan and told her that she probably had cancer. So we ended up having a conversation that lasted about an hour. It wasn't supposed to because there were other reports coming in, but it did because she was very distraught. And she told me it either did one of two things. It either gave me cancer or it came because I had it and I had to find out. Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I said to her, speaking of genetics, does cancer run in your family? And she said, no. But I think she said, just in my head, that whatever it was gave it to me. She was convinced it gave it to her. It made her sick. And she said she has no control over it. She's going to think about like moving in with her son, selling the house because she just does not want to be there again. I can't say that I blame her. You know, I've heard people have conversations with me about in the past that have had experiences that have said, you know, they've experienced things where they've been exposed to radiation after having close encounters with these ships and these entities and to the point of even having some burns that are visible at the doctor later and them having to lie about it. But I couldn't imagine, you know, it's it's so fascinating to me that she felt that this thing gave her cancer. Or the other alternative was maybe it was there to to help her discover it, to maybe get treatment or whatever. But I can only imagine what she was going through after having that experience in the house. I don't think I would want to be there either. You know, it's sad because like in some cases, I've heard of people report that these are benevolent beings who try and heal us. And I was trying to console her and tell her maybe it saw something and it triggered the visit because it saw there was something wrong. And it wanted to alert you there was something wrong. But she d- did not like the encounter at all. It, it left her very troubled and obviously very terrified. It's sad. It really is. But once again, there is a situation where she's alone. There are no witnesses. It seemed like a remote location. It's lovely, but it's remote. Those similarities seem to ebb and flow throughout all of these stories that I've heard. And, you know, it could be out of convenience and it could be something more to it. I mean, it's it's certainly subjective and we, we obviously don't know, but it would make more sense that these things or these entities are taking people from areas where they're less likely to be seen. I've also heard stories where people are pulled out of high rises in front of the police officers in New York City. So I guess it, it just runs the gamut. What's the name of that case? I think the guy was an ambassador or something. Yeah, I'll have to do some research. That's the case I, that you're talking about. Specifics escape me. But yeah, it was somebody that was fairly well known and he was seen 
on the ground by these police officers flying through the air, basically out of a high rise in New York mm-hmm. and being taken mm-hmm. into a craft. Yeah. Well, I know you mentioned that you had something that was a little more recent. What What is the most recent case that, that you're familiar with and that you, you well, dealt with? You know, Brian, I, I don't know what this is. I actually was discussing it in a different show. This is very close to home, this particular case. Three years ago, there was a woman and her son who contacted me. They were coming out of a local high school on the way home from a sporting event. And this one, I could not believe what it was because I asked around and people get baffled. And, you know, you have to ask the right people. Otherwise, they think that you've had too much to drink. So, (laughs) and people are very reluctant in my area to even allude to something, even something supernatural. You know, you just don't talk about haunted houses and things of that nature here. But this one here is not a haunted house, okay? This is not the kind of variety that you would talk about with ghosts and things. This was kind of like a creepy factor of a different kind. She's driving, taking him home from a sport. She crosses a major thoroughfare and then ends up on the way home to this lane. And once again, you know, once again, it's a little bit more isolated. They're driving along and there's a field on the one side. And then there's maybe a house or two on the other side. And ahead of them, there was woods. As she's going along, the kid tells her, stop, stop, the teenager. And she steps on the brakes just in time for this creature that's about three feet tall to emerge from this field and cross the road right in front of them, just a few yards from the bumper of the car. She was so terrified, she just stood there with her mouth open, and she described it as your typical E.T., your gray alien, no hair, huge eyes, and it was thin, and it wasn't wearing anything like, it was more like a tight-fitting thing. But the odd thing that the kid explained to me was that it was walking upright, but the knees were inverted. The knees weren't facing front. It was facing back. So you think about like a, the way a goat walks. So it was only like maybe a few seconds because it was kind of like scurrying from one side of the road to the other. And then it disappeared into the other side and scurried along. But she said, I'll never forget the way it walked because how can you walk with your knees on backwards? It just had that gait, and as it was crossing, it made eye contact with them, and the eyes were red. Flash forward into just about two months ago this year, there is a farm close to here. Now, my house, one side, there's, there's woods. Not very extensive, but, you know, big enough, I would say, that it probably is about maybe quarter of a mile long, quarter of a mile by a half a mile in depth. 
Adjacent to it is a farm. It's a pretty extensive one, about 80 acres or so. There were two farmhands that were working on some kind of machinery in the middle of the farm, in a, in a field. You know, I think they were doing something to the soil or whatever it was. And right behind the engine of this farm vehicle, this thing just emerges and casually walks past them. So the one guy is looking at the other one and he said, did you see that? And the other guy gets up from whatever he's doing in time just to see it. And, and the first thing he sees is the knees are on backwards. It's the same creature three years later and it's walking away. And the guy is like, what the heck is that? So anyway, I get a phone call from the woman who owns the farm. She said, can you come out here? I got two farmhands that are a little upset about something they saw she had known about me. So I come out there and they're describing or trying to describe to me this bald-headed child about three to four feet high, shorter than them for sure, that was wearing some kind of tight-fitting suit. And they said that it looked emaciated and it had the knees on backwards. It was walking like a goat. So I looked into it a little bit. You know, I talked to a few other people who were more, I guess, acquainted with this kind of. And they said it sounded like a rake. Have you ever heard of what a rake is? Yeah, I just interviewed a guy a couple of days ago. It hasn't aired yet, but Daniel has had an experience with what he would later describe. He didn't know at the time when he saw it what it was, but. He's done some research online, and it can only be described as what people call a rake. So, yeah, I'm very familiar. So here's the strange part about it. There's a lady with her son. It's three years apart that sees this. Out of the blue, it comes out of a field. And then here again, two people that had never seen anything. You know, they're just going about their work day. And there it is again in a field. So it must live out there in the field somewhere. It almost like something native to the area. Because I, I, I don't know if you have, I haven't heard of any of those cases anywhere else. It, maybe it's just I, I don't really know enough about it. I've talked to so many people that have had very similar experiences. There was one that comes to mind recently. I don't remember the guy's name. I'm horrible with that after I do the interviews. But he and his friend had an experience where they saw some lights and what they perceived to be a UFO. And as they were leaving the area, they both saw this tiny, three-foot-tall, very similar creature to what you described. It's like the quintessential gray alien that everybody sort of has that picture of if you're into this sort of thing at all. Everybody knows what a gray looks like. And they're, this thing's standing on the side of the road as they're leaving this encounter with these lights in the sky and what they perceive to be a UFO. And, and it just baffles me. I don't know what to make of that. You know, either these people are absolutely batshit crazy, they're making their <laughs> stories up, or they see what they said they saw. And then if they're seeing this, like, what's the creature doing here? Why is it showing itself? There's so many different questions that come to mind, and there's so many rabbit holes that I want to go down and try to get answers to that. And I'm, I'm afraid that we'll never know, honestly. But it just doesn't make sense to me that 
if this creature's here, why would it just show itself to people randomly? It's almost like the Bigfoot stories and the roadside crossings when Bigfoot crosses over in front of cars. And I've even seen videos of what looks like a Bigfoot to me crossing in front of police cars in Georgia. It's just strange to me that these creatures are showing themselves, but I don't know. I just don't know what to make of it. It's, it's, it's fascinating, though. It's very strange, but one thing I did, and, and I don't know if it's just they forgot or whether it's not part of the experience. In this case, it's almost like they just see them like as if they're just walking, casually just walking. No big deal. It just seems like they're part of the landscape. They don't feel anything strange, you know, like before a ghost sighting, things kind of freeze up. You know, the sound kind of gets muffled and things like that. But with this particular creature, something tells me that they've been here a while. They've been visiting for a very long time because they're very casual about the way they're not even really alarmed when these people see them. It's almost like they expect to be seen. Yeah, it's really strange. And it almost makes me feel like there's some sort of interdimensional thing that gets sort of Mm -hmm. intertwined with the other one. And it's almost this coexistence thing where it's like, oh, crap, they're seeing me, but there's nothing I can do about it. And I don't know. It's like they're not really there, but they are. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. But over the years of, of getting into the subject and aliens in particular, I've always felt like that it was something more interdimensional and these things are able to sort of coexist with us on some different plane and they come in and out of it. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's just sort of my take that I've evolved to have, at least as we sit here today, that's kind of more what I think. And it kind of makes sense to me that that's how these creatures are seen. And that would be one of the reasons that it might make it plausible that people are seeing them the way they are. I don't know. You, you have a point, Brian, because when you think about, like, where were they coming from? Because one minute, they're there. The next minute, they're gone. So in the case of the one three years ago, I actually went to that field. I put boots on. I brought my dogs with me. You know, and I always bring the dogs because if I'm not going to sense something, they sense it first. I, w- I want to hightail out of there before something <laughs> People say to me, oh, my gosh, you know, you got to bring your husband, you know, bring somebody, bring your stuff. I was like, no, they don't want any part of it. They don't want to be out there. So I bring the dogs. But the strangest thing is, like you said, it must be interdimensional because one minute they're not there, the next minute they are there. So what are they popping out of? They're probably popping out of one dimension, going into ours just enough for some people to experience them. Why? I don't know. And then they pop out again. There were no footprints, nothing that I could see. I mean, other than deer, deer prints. And, and this, this creature had feet. The only thing that was strange about it was the knees were on backwards. Yeah, that's one of those details that's always kind of freaky. Every time I even think about imagining something walking that way, it just automatically takes you to those crazy, scary movies that you see. You know, anything you want to make super scary, you just turn it around backwards and it makes it 10 times scarier for for whatever reason. I want to talk about your books. I know you've just 
I don't know if you can talk about it or not, but as much as you can, tell us about what's coming up and what's the future of more books that we can look forward to from Anna Manalo. Oh, okay. Well, actually, this coming Memorial Day, I have my third book coming out on Amazon. It's called Haunted Heirlooms. It's for people who really want to be terrified by haunted objects. (laughs) You're laughing, but there's four people, and I'll tell you a little bit about the history. I bought this wing chair way back in the day when I was in college. It came with an occupant. And I will never forget that because I'm not really the type that gets involved in seances or tarot cards or Ouija boards because I know how dangerous they could be. But I had a friend who used an Ouija board, knew how to run a seance, or at least she claims this is the first and last seance I ever went to. But uh, in this particular case, uh, whatever was in there elicited quite a reaction. It was not pleasant, obviously. It terrified quite a number of people because there was a lot of witnesses. We had taken it out of my dorm for the plain and simple reason that whatever was inhabiting it was seen outside of my building. And as a woman was passing who was actually running, she ended up getting hit on the leg by whatever this was. It was the phantom of a woman. She was wearing a 1920s dress. That's how old the chair was. So it began from there. And I, being fascinated with antiques through the years, you know, because I lived in Connecticut, I'm from Connecticut, I would drive and look at antique shops all over the place and did what I could with the limited budget that I had. And finally, I got to know some people and some of them chose to share their stories with me which I compiled in this third book. And it's pretty creepy, Brian. It's not something you read at bedtime because you might get nightmares. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to read it. And I'll certainly link to that. And when the book comes out, we'll put it on our website so everybody can go check it out. Anna Manalo, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And I enjoy your stories very much. I've had a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for having me back. They say you
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.